Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report for August 27, 2021. When will the Federal Reserve raise interest rates? Investors want to know. We've seen how markets tend to move as clues emerge. Of course, the timing of any Fed action to raise rates or withdraw stimulus will depend on how quickly America emerges from the pandemic-induced recession. How fast jobs recover is one way to measure that, and that will be the subject of our discussion today. I'm Phil Adler. Joining me is Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. Bill, how is the Fed leaning right now? Well, the leadership of the Fed is still leaning towards steady policy, which is clearly accommodative. Bill Dudley, the former president of the New York Federal Reserve Bank, once argued that as long as the New York Fed president, the Fed chair, and the vice chair all held a position, policy against that position is unlikely. In public comments, John Williams, the president of the New York Fed, and Chair Powell are in the camp of keeping policy loose. Vice Chair Clarida is a bit more difficult to read, but the rest of the FOMC is definitely leaning toward removing stimulus and soon. This means we are likely to see dissents increase in the coming months. Now, the term of the present Fed chairman is coming to an end next year. How does this complicate the outlook? Well, it complicates it quite a bit. By all accounts, Powell seems to want to stay. He is popular in Congress and has been given high marks for his actions during the last recession, but he is facing rising opposition. Left-wing populists think Powell is too easy on banks. We think the administration would rather keep Powell but replace Vice Chair Quarles, who is in charge of regulation, with a stricter figure on the banks. Quarles' term as vice chair ends in October, but he could stay on as governor. If Powell is to be replaced, Biden would have to decide by November. Given the pressures coming on the budget, the debt ceiling, the infrastructure bill, and now coupled with the debacle in Afghanistan, I'm not sure the administration has the bandwidth to replace him. But if Powell becomes hawkish, Biden may move against him. Bill, you've been looking at how quickly jobs have recovered in past recessions and how the pace of jobs recovery has influenced the Federal Reserve in the past. How many recessions did you review? Well, we started with the Fed's independence of the Treasury in 1951. During the war years, the Fed and the Treasury had an accord where the Fed would do what was ever necessary to keep borrowing costs low. The Fed, in fact, pegged the rate of the entire yield curve and adjusted the balance sheet to maintain that rate. President Truman really wanted to keep that program because it gave the White House great latitude in expanding fiscal policy. But the Fed wanted to be independent to address inflation pressures. So the Fed and the White House came to an agreement. Thus, we looked at all the recessions starting after pendants or starting with the 1954 recession. And what did you find? We looked specifically at the recoveries to see how fast the Fed raised rates during recoveries. Some of that analysis is tricky. We use research from Haver Analytics, our our data aggregator, to determine policy changes from 1982 to the present. But in the years prior to 1982, we had to use our own resources. Merely looking at the level of Fed funds can be deceptive because in those days, the rate may rise just due to reserve demand from banks. A mere rate rise may not actually signal a policy change. So to address this complication, we supplemented Fed funds with the New York Federal Reserve's discount rate, which was an announced and administered rate. 
just gave us a better signal on actual policy increases. In the recoveries from 1955 through 1983, the first rate hike came on average 13 months after the recovery commenced. But since the 1991 recovery, the first rate hike occurred on average 48 months after the recession. Bill, how did you measure job recoveries for the purpose of this study? Well, there are lots of ways to do it. We specifically focused on the relationship between job openings and the unemployed. Since 2000, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has produced a report called the JOLTS Report, which measures job openings, quit rates, hire rates, and other factors. It's a really good report, but the time frame is limited. Currently, it shows the number of job openings exceeding the total number of unemployed. In the recovery from 2001 recession, that never occurred. In the recovery from the great financial crisis, it did occur, but not until 2018, nine years after the recession ended. We crossed that threshold in this recovery in a mere 13 months, but this is a very limited data set. So in order to expand it, we looked at an earlier measure, the ratio of help wanted ads to the number of unemployed, a ratio that used to be calculated by the conference board. Now that data has been discontinued, but we created a series that mimicked it giving us a measure of job openings to the unemployed going back all the way into the 1950s. And it confirms that this job market is recovering much faster than the past three recoveries. So you've concluded that the present jobs recovery is more similar to previous recoveries when the Federal Reserve tended to raise interest rates more quickly. Yes, that's exactly correct. Are there any peculiarities about the nature of the current recovery in jobs that might have the Federal Reserve thinking twice about raising interest rates quickly? Yes, there's a myriad of unknowns. The pandemic-induced recession is so unique that the recovery may not follow any earlier patterns. For example, there is evidence that growth may be starting to slow. Labor markets tend to be coincident at best and may actually be lagging indicators. Thus, tightening off this data might be premature. In addition, the resurgence of the virus may lead to new slowdowns that may not trigger recessions, but might if policy is tightened. Bill, I was wondering, have the financial markets come to expect a slow withdrawal of stimulus with the result that maybe a quick withdrawal might damage confidence and create conditions for a sharp sell-off in equity markets? That's another worry. There are fewer investors with experience of the early 1980s recovery, and if all they have been accustomed to are slow recoveries and long runways for rate hikes, moving in about a year would look really fast. What are you looking for in terms of comments from Fed officials as as you try to prepare investors for any change in Fed policy? Well, what I want to see is if Powell can impose his will on the committee or if he has a mutiny. The Fed releases the real transcripts of meetings five years after they're held. They are revealing. The minutes we get after the meetings are heavily sanitized. What we do, which is a bit like Kremlinology, is to read what the FOMC members are saying and writing and attempt to keep score. It has become clear that the majority is pushing to start removing stimulus. What other key statistics besides a recovery in jobs is the Fed looking at as it tries to arrive at the correct decision on when to raise rates? Well, the Fed has three mandates. The mandates are stable prices, full employment, and financial stability. So we focus on employment data, inflation, and financial stress. 
Since Volcker, the Fed has essentially focused on inflation and financial stability and paid much less attention to labor markets. The focus is changing, but it's not completely clear that that change is complete. Inflation is clearly a worry. The definition of transitory is probably a year to 18 months, and that may lead to higher inflation expectations. If expectations begin to accelerate toward inflation, it's a real problem. So far, though, there isn't any strong indications that investors are all that worried about persistent inflation. Well, what's your current prediction on, on when the Fed will raise rates? Well, currently, I think the first rate hike is probably not going to occur until 2023. But the balance sheet expansion will likely slow next year and stop completely by the end of 2022. And that may have a bigger impact on financial stability. When the Fed does raise rates, no matter when that happens, how do you expect stock and bond markets to react? Well, probably not well. The risk of recession always rises when policy tightening begins. The Fed tries to limit the damage by clear signaling, but risks rise when policy tightens. Bill, has Confluence Investment Management already implemented some changes in investment strategy as you look ahead to an eventual increase in rates? Well, not yet, although we have model portfolios prepared for this eventuality. In the thinking of the committee, it's still a bit too early to prepare for policy tightening in a potential recession. But this cycle may turn out to be shorter than what we've become accustomed, and so we may need to be more sensitive to a quicker-than-normal recession. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.